Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. And it says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. And she had been bent double, twisted and bent over. And for 18 years was unable to stand up straight. She could not fully straighten herself. She couldn't even look up. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand straight. How she praised God. Verse 14, but the leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six days out of the week. That's how they all sound to me. There are six days out of the week for working. He said to the crowd, come on those days and be healed, not on the Sabbath. I, I, just, I just find that interesting that we come to church to be healed. And oftentimes you come to church and you receive criticism. Oh, yeah, 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 I don't want me to be real today. Uh, there are six days out of the week for working, and he said to the crowd, come on, those days to be healed, not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, you hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath. Don't you untie your ox or your donkey from its stall, and on the Sabbath day you lead it out of water, out for, for water? The dear wo- This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, I love that, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? This shamed his enemies. But all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. I want to just kind of leapfrog to Mark chapter 2 and read this one verse here. And it says, And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. I want you to help me preach this message before we pray. And I want you to announce the title to today's message to the person next to you. Or make eye contact with someone across from you and tell them, uh, I need you to hear this message. Tell them, bent out of shape. Tell them, you look lovely today. <laughs> See, I thought, I thought I was going to say something else, right? Now look at the other person. Now you can tell them, you look bent out of shape. You know what I'm saying? How's that for encouragement? Bent out of shape. Can you join me in prayer? Bow your heads. Father, we thank you, Lord God, because you are going to move in this place. So grateful, Lord, that you give us the opportunity to enter your presence, enter your courts. You give us the amazing opportunity to worship you in response of what you've already done, God. Father, I pray that this word may pierce the heart, God, and just reach in those dark places in our hearts that we really don't like revealing to other people. Holy Spirit, would you allow this to be a word that's much more than a message we hear and we just say, oh, that was, that was a great Sunday, but we actually get convicted to move into 
a closer relationship with you, oh God. Father, I thank you that I get to preach at the most amazing church on the planet. I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet, God, and I believe that Mayweather will be knocked out August 26th, and God's people shout, amen and amen. Come on. Can we give God some praise in this house? Um, how many of us can appreciate birthdays? Birthdays. No one. Okay. <laughs> how many of us know what a birthday is? <laughs> Amen. Um, I, I find it, uh, I want to give a special shout out to someone who their birthday is today. I don't even know if they're in here right now, but could we give a shout out to our love team leader, Maylene Miranda. She is officially 26. This is the 10th anniversary of her 26-year-old birthday. And uh, how many can praise God for that? Anybody don't do birthdays anymore? You just do anniversaries of your last birthday? Come on. Praise the Lord. That's why this is, is going to be the fifth year. I am 30. And uh, I mean, don't you find it interesting that, you know, birthdays, I love the people that have the birthday alerts. You know, the, the people that have the birthday alerts that they kind of like subliminally tell you that their birthday is coming up. Yeah, you know, because I was going to the mall and because I have to pick out this dress because, you know, Saturday's my birthday. But I'm humble about it. I'm not going to, you know, just, you know, don't make a big deal. Don't make a big deal about it. You know, just, you know, Saturday's going to be my birthday and we're going to turn up. But, you know, don't make a big deal about it. Um, and, you know, we got the people that they make the subliminal birthday alerts. I, I want to let you know I'm one of those people. And that's why I will let you know that on, on October 31st, it is your pastor's birthday. I am a size 13 in shoes if you want to get me the new Jordans. And um, uh, we also have um, the people that they are entitled in their birthday. I'm one of those people, too. Like, Really? Oh my God, it's my birthday. I have to drive on my birthday? Oh, uh, uh, really? Oh my God, I can't believe it's my, I'm cooking on my birthday. Oh my God, I can't, I can't, is that my wife? No, and um, I can't believe it's my birthday. And I, can you believe I have to brush my teeth on my birthday? My goodness, I don't want to do anything on my birthday. And then there's, uh, I thank God for Facebook sometimes because uh, to be honest, I remember most of your birthdays because of Good old Facebook. Can anybody praise God for Facebook? I, I promise you that um, I, I missed two of my spiritual daughter's birthdays. And uh, if it wasn't for Facebook, I would have not known. And uh, I remember talking to them the whole day through the phone. Jenny, we love you. And I remember talking to them the whole day through the phone. And then I go on Facebook and I see it's their birthday. And of course, I feel awful. And I call her, and April Fools! No, it's just a joke. Happy birthday. How are you? And um, here's, the, here's the truth about birthdays, man. You cannot forget your wife's birthday. And that's why I never have. Now, some of you have maybe heard this, but um, there was this one time, well, I want to be honest, it was probably our first birthday together. This year, me and my wife make six years married. Can we praise God for that? Six years married. Now, you may have heard this story, but you, hear, you should hear it again. Six years married, and on our very first birthday together, my wife, I said, I'm going to do it up for my wife. So I have, to, I have to make it special. And what I did for my wife it was that I told her that I had to go to work, and I told her that I couldn't take the day off. 
And my wife was like, she really wanted me to take the day off. And I said, nah, baby, I'm not going to take the day off. I mean, I, I tried and they denied me. And so she was, you know, sad about it. And uh, I remember her staying at home and I leave off like I'm going to work. And while, I, while she thinks I'm going off to work, I'm texting her and I'm saying, oh, I just got to work, baby. Uh, I'll see you later on. I'll call you during lunch. And I go out and I go buy her her stuff, buy her her flowers, and buy her balloons. And that was the first and last year I bought her a teddy bear because apparently she's too grown for a teddy bear. And, um, and so uh, I remember getting all the stuff and she has no clue. And I say, I'm, I'm going to get her a gift card. And so I got a gift card to go to, on a shopping spree. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the amount of the shopping spree because then you're going to judge me. And you're going to say, you should have been a lot more than that, Pastor Ro. <laughs> and all the ladies say, hmm, amen. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I remember coming home that day, and so I parked the car uh, around the block to make sure that she doesn't see it uh, by the window in my kitchen. And I, I tiptoe towards the door, and I got like a bunch of gifts in my hands and balloons and teddy bears and all that good stuff, right? And she doesn't know I'm near her. She doesn't know I'm coming in. And so I put the key inside the door, and I'm, and I'm opening the door, and my wife, all you hear is the door get yanked open, and she got a hot, boiling mug, not even a mug, the whole pitcher of hot, boiling coffee getting ready to throw, be thrown in my face. Hashtag, they come from Brooklyn. And I was like, oh my God, stop! And she's like, oh, you was going to get it. Woo! You was going to get it. I was like, what, did, what, what happened here? And she was like, no, I thought somebody was trying to break in. And you opened the door? Wait, wait, you thought somebody was trying to break in? And you said, hey, welcome home. I'm going to burn your face with coffee. If I was home alone and I thought somebody was breaking the door, I'm putting the chair, the tables, I'm barricading that. She said, no, welcome home. Self-defense, baby, I'm ready. And I just thought that because it was, I couldn't, I never forget that story because first I, 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 I got a lot more confidence in my wife. I was like, I could, she was in Brooklyn till midnight last night, chilling on 47th Street and 5th Avenue, like, what's up? How you doing? I was like, all right, my baby's good. She's good. I, I could protect her, but I only got to protect her if she's getting jumped. But on a one-on, she's good. But I also remember that because I thought, man, that could have been a really bad day. Right? Could you imagine your pastor have third-degree third burns on this beautiful face? You know what I'm saying? Hey, haircut. You know, a haircut makes you look like you got a million dollars. And I could have had burnt coffee on my face, but my intentions, watch this, my intentions were to have a wonderful, beautiful, amazing day with my wife. Now, by the grace of God, she didn't throw the, the, the pitcher of coffee on my face, and so we went on to have an amazing day, a beautiful day. I mean, she called me her king 10 times, because that's what she calls me when no one's around, my king. Men, I'll, I'll show you how to get that done. And, and so, but here's, here's my thought. Guess what? That could have been a really bad day. Had that coffee hit my face, 
what I meant to be and what I planned to have good intentions and to be a gift for my wife could have turned out to be a catastrophe. Why do I bring this up? Well, I bring this up because when we talk about the Sabbath day, that's exactly what it is. What do you mean, Pastor Rowe? Well, the Sabbath day was God's gift to his people. His intentions were that his people will receive a gift, a beautiful gift, that they will receive a blessing for their life. They will receive the Sabbath. But by the time we get to the story that we're going into today, see, the Sabbath is no longer a blessing. It's actually a burden. See, the Sabbath is no longer a gift from God. It's a way to make people feel guilty. And so this is what we're entering into today. When we look at this passage, we see that God is giving a gift to people, but just like it is with humanity, isn't it true that we often take what's good and we somehow contaminate it and make it bad? Oh, if you've ever been on a diet, you know exactly what I'm talking about. See, potatoes are a perfect vegetable, if they are a vegetable or a fruit. Who knows anymore? But what do we do? We make it bad because we, we fry that bad boy and we dip it in that hot sauce or that ketchup. And some of you dip it in your vanilla shakes. I don't know about that. See, we make it bad. Some of us eat that salad, but what do we do? We put um, dressing that probably has more fat and more uh, calories than a piece of steak does. What do we do? We take something that God gives as a gift and we turn it into a curse. We take what God gives as a blessing to take care of us and we now convert it into a burden that contaminates us. And so in the narrative today that we have, we have this story where Jesus, he steps into the scene, and the Bible says that it's the Sabbath day. Everybody shout the Sabbath day. But you got to help me preach. Come on, church. Say the Sabbath day. Say the Sabbath day. See, the Sabbath day is when Jesus enters the temple, and the Bible says that he's teaching in the temple, and this woman who walks over with a bent back, the Bible says that the, the, her back was so bent that she could not even look up. And so she was literally bent out of shape. And, she's, and the Bible says that this woman is, she enters the temple bent out of shape. And Jesus takes notice. I love that because no matter how you come into his courts today, no matter where you are today, and no matter, and I'm not talking about physically, I'm talking about where you are in life, no matter where you are, know that God takes notice of you today. And he, she comes in bent out of shape, and it wasn't that she took notice of Jesus, but Jesus takes notice of her. And now Jesus calls her. He says, come, come over. And she comes over to him, and the Bible says that she, Jesus places his hand on her and he heals her. He heals her. And all of a sudden, the woman that was bent out of shape is now able to walk up straight. All of a sudden, the woman that walked in 
facing the ground can now look at the face at face to face with her master all of a sudden the woman that had the burdens of the world on her shoulder are now released from her life and she's able to gaze upon the the face of her author and the finisher of her faith is anybody grateful in this house that we have a god that sees us and takes notice of us but he does it on the sabbath and so there are what we would call now haters. Someone shout haters. There's haters. And the haters say, wait, what happened here? Excuse me, what happened here? That's not supposed to happen. You cannot heal on the Sabbath, Jesus. Why can you not heal on the Sabbath? Well, the Sabbath at this point in time has become a curse. The Sabbath at this point in time, what once meant to be a blessing, it is now a burden. And oftentimes what God means to be a blessing in our lives, we begin to contaminate it and now it becomes a burden. And so this is what God does. He says, he says, what, what we, I want to get, can I teach real quick? Can I talk to you about the history of the Sabbath? In the Sabbath, let's go to Exodus. He says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy you have six days each week for your ordinary work but the seventh day is the sabbath day of rest a rest dedicated to the lord your god now here's the beautiful thing because what G what god is saying in the old testament jesus now is echoing in the new testament when he says that man was not made for the sabbath but the sabbath was made for man and, and what he's saying is, listen, I have designed and created some rules for you, but they're not just rules of restriction. They're actually rules of relationship. And I want you to live at the optimal level of life, and you'll never be able to live at the optimal level of life unless you have some built-in rest into your life system. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, you look like you need a nap. <laughs> You know, sometimes in the day and age that we live in today, we live in a day and age that glamorizes work over everything, that, that glorifies the illusion of busyness, that magnifies the hustle and bustle, that glorifies being busy, busy, busy. But here's the deal. If the enemy can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. I think I'm preaching better than you, amen. And I'm going to talk to the screens real quick. Maybe I'll go on this side right here. If the enemy can't make you bad, he'll, he'll make you busy. Because we live in a day and age where we don't see rest as something to be spoken about. When was the last time you saw a picture on Instagram? You know, I'm on my rest grind. No, what do we glorify? We glorify the hustle and bustle. We, we glorify the, the, the go, 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 go. We glorify the busy, 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 busy. We glorify the get done, get done. But sometimes reckless ambition and sometimes uh, uh, the, the, the propensity to want to gain and desire more, and there's nothing wrong with that. But oftentimes it comes at the expense of our rest. And so there's no... There's no there's no confusion as to why volume is the number one prescribed medicine in all of America. Because we, 
Sleeping pills is some of the most popular medicines in America. Because here, here's the truth. See, often we want rest, but no matter how much rest we get in the physical, oftentimes what's making you most exhausted is how anxious you are on the inside. Let's be honest. I mean, I, this woman, the Bible says that she was bent over. Was that an internal situation or an external situation? See, the fruit of it was external, but what was causing it was internal. And it's no confusion as to why these pills and these medicines don't work any longer because what we're trying to do is treat a physical problem with a physical root. With a, with a spiritual root, rather. We're trying to deal with the external when God is looking to deal with the inside. Look at the person next to you. Tell them it's the inside. Tell them it's the inside. And so I want to talk to you about when God says, I want you to keep the Sabbath, what he's saying, he says, listen, I want you to identify with me. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about keeping a specific day out of the week holy and sacred. But what God did for the people of Israel was he said, I want you to keep this day holy. Why? Just so that you can rest? No, he's saying, I want you to keep this day holy because this is a day that you're going to relax. This is a day that you're going to retreat. This is a day that you're going to review, recant, recall, and all the other rewords on the goodness of God. I want you to identify with me. When we go back to Exodus, let's go real quick to Exodus. Look at what it says. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest dedicated to the Lord. Continue. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, female servants, your livestock. And look at that, your livestock. That means even cats got a day off. Your livestock and your foreigners living among you, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in it. But on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. Oh, y'all missed, missed that. He's saying, the Lord, he worked. He went to work six days. And on the seventh day, here's what the Lord says. He says, I'm going to rest. Why? Because I want my people to keep this day as a day that they remember who they belong to. He said, I, I want this to be a day where people remember who they belong to. And so look at, look at the person next to you. Tell them identity. Tell them identity. See, the people of Israel, if there's anything that they did know was work. The people of Israel, what they did is that they worked 24-7. But here's the truth. When they worked 24-7, it was actually a mark of their slavery. When they worked from sunrise to sundown, sometimes they didn't get any sleep. They were most exhausted, but it was actually a sign of their slavery. And so the people of Israel were in bondage, and God sets them free 400 years. All they did was work, 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 work. But it wasn't that way they were physically exhausted only. 
It was spiritually they forgot who their God was. And so God brings them out of Egypt and he says, listen, you've been identified by Egypt way too long. And Egypt has taught you how to work, work, work. But I want to teach you how to rest, rest, rest. Because when you rest in me, your soul is operating at the optimal capacity that it's been created to function in. And oftentimes, the reason that we're not getting the best out of what we're doing in life is because our soul is bent out of shape, and our soul is bent out of shape is because it doesn't know who it belongs to. And Jesus says, or God says in this passage, he says, I need you to take a day off, and I need you to remember that I am God, and I am God all by yourself. I need you to remember that I am your provider. I need you to remember that I'm the one that gives you strength. I need you to remember. I need you to relax. I need you to recount. I need you to recall that I'm good, that I'm faithful. I need your soul to get into this. (laughs) He says, I want to identify, I want a people that can, I could put my mark on. This is the last piece of news that God tells Moses before he comes out of the mountain. He says, Moses, I want them to keep the Sabbath day holy. You know why? Because this will put my stamp on them. I love when you have a stamp by God. I love it because my son, there's nowhere that boy can go. And no one tell him, you look like your father. Everywhere that young man goes, that handsome, good-looking, gorgeous, blonde-headed kid. How did he get those blonde locks? Everywhere he goes, even if he tries to fight it, he cannot deny that he is marked by his father. And that's what God wanted to do with the people of Israel. He says, you've been in Egypt for 400 years, but let me introduce you to the God that you serve. Let me introduce you. Here's a marker. I want you to keep the Sabbath day holy because when you take one day out of the week and you dedicate it to God and you say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to return it back to him. It belongs to God. My soul is at rest. Sometimes our soul is bent out of shape because we have allowed our souls to take other labels from other things. And so our soul now is bent out of shape because it has begun to identify with things that are lesser than the creator. And God says, hey, man, I need you to, I need you to, it's no wonder that the people of Israel looked as they were going to the land of the promise, and they look and they said, hey, weren't we better off in Egypt? You know why? Because they had been in Egypt for so long that they thought it was better to go back than go to become all that God has called them to become. Someone say identity. He says, I want to put my logo on you. I want to put my stamp on you. I want you to be known as a people that belong to God. I believe today that we're going to break every label that's been placed over your life. Maybe some of you walked in with labels today, and maybe you're known for other things. Maybe you have associated yourself with your workplace. Maybe you have associated yourself with your relationships. Maybe you have associated with yourself with what you do in life. But there's a difference with what you do to make a living and what you do to make a difference. And God says that I want to place my mark on you. I want to put my logo on you. I want when people look at you, they see me. 
when people look at you, they say, that's my son, that's my daughter, that's my child, that's my little queen, that's my little princess, that's right, I belong to God. Woo! Number two, write this down, dependency. Dependency. Now here's the main point, the Sabbath day, it's like Pastor Rose preaching on the Sabbath, hear me, if you catch it, you'll, you'll walk out of here with life. Israel is becoming its own nation for the first time. They've been in slavery. Think about this. They've been in slavery for 400 years. All they know is work. Their grandfather worked. Their mother worked. Their father worked. They work. Their children work. And everything that they see manifested before them is a product of their hand. And God says, I need you to become more dependent on my hand than you are on your hand. Because here's the truth. If you don't wait on the Lord, you'll end up carrying the weight of the world. That was so good, I need to Facebook that. If you don't wait on the Lord, you'll end up carrying the weight of the world. And the people of Israel, he says, I want you to I want you to take a day off and I want you to do nothing. Well, that's not, that's not what I've been taught. All I know, what are you going to mean? There's, there's work to do on Sunday. There's work to do on Saturday. There's work to do on Friday. There's work to, I got, I got stuff, I got, I got places to go and people to meet and I got to do the cha-cha slide all the way there. I got, I got to go. And God says, no, I want you to take a day where people see that you're resting in me. I want people to see not only your identity, but I want them to see your dependency. Do we have that up? I want them to see your dependency. Everybody shout dependency. And so, why? Why? Because, because God is saying, I don't want you to show off. I want you to show me off. I want when people, here's why God is establishing the Sabbath, because he says, I want people of the world to watch this nation and be like, what in the world? What? We're, we're over here working. We're over here hustling. We're over here grinding. And they're over here watching Netflix Bible, they're watching Bible and Netflixing. What are they? Pure flicks. Someone's like, what's Pure Flix? Get saved, bro. And they over here watching Netflix? They over here relaxing? They over here singing songs and they're partying? And, and we're over here working our butt off? And we're over here grinding and hustling and getting stuff done? And we're reaping a harvest and we're, we're sowing and, and we're moving our cattle and why is the people of Israel doing nothing, yet they seem more prosperous than we do? Why is the people of Israel look like they're just dancing and having fun, and we're over here sweating our brow, and they look way more blessed than we do? Why is it that they look like they're actually prospering, and we look like we're actually taking steps back? See, what God wanted to do is that he wanted people to look, he wanted the nations of the world to, to 
have an example of what it means to depend on God. And he says to the people of Israel, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a day off and people will look at you and see how blessed you are working less but achieving more. No wonder, no wonder, no wonder the people of Israel were, were just chilling and now this is a new identity and the nations around them were confused because they couldn't make sense of what was happening. And this is the big question. They would look at the people of Israel and say, who's their God? <laughs> who's, who's, their, who's their God that they're so blessed? Who's their God that they're so prosperous? You see, here's the deal. You don't have to put people down in order to lift yourself up. You know what I learned a long time ago? That I don't have to put people down to lift myself up. And I don't have to let people be my pedestal. And I don't have to let my prosperity be at the expense of others. You know what I learned a long time ago? That when I lift Jesus up, he allows me to be elevated. That when I lift Jesus up and I take a rest in him and I trust in him and I rest in him and I rely on him, all of a sudden people start looking at my life. It doesn't make sense. How is he so blessed? But he, he, he's not hustling and he's not grinding, but he's blessed. And he, I, 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 Who's his God? I want to know him. It's no wonder David said, come on, church, help me preach this message. It's no wonder that David said, he said, be still. Can we put that up? Be still and know that I'm God. That's an awesome verse, right? But look what it says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. Wait, I didn't see that one coming. Be still and know that I'm God and I'll be exalted among the nations and I'll be exalted on earth. He is saying, listen, when you are still on the Sabbath, when you are at peace in your soul, when you're at peace in your heart, people will look at you and be like, how in the world are they still? How in the world are they at peace? God, my God, you know why? Because God is a lot better God than I am and he's a lot better at being at control than I am. And he's saying, be still and know that I am God. How? When they talk about me, be still and know that I am God. <laughs> when you lose your job, be still and know that I am God. I learned a long time ago, even if the debt is piling up, be still and know that I am God. The rent is due, but be still and know that I am. I'm talking to anybody in this place. Be still. I want to live this kind of life. I want to live a be still kind of life. Well, I'm settled. I'm at peace. I'm still prosperous. I'm still achieving. I'm still getting stuff done. But not at the expense of who God has called me to be on the inside. See, be still and know. Huh, I love it because you could live that be still kind of life when people begin to look at you and they say, how in the world that they go through what they go through and they don't look like they've been through what they've been through. You know why? Because that person learned how to be still and know that he is God. The nations will take notice. Take notice of what? Of how good God is? See, because when you're still in God's presence, it doesn't mean that God is not working. See, the people of Israel wholeheartedly believe 
that when they took the day off on the Sabbath, that they were taking a day of rest, but actually God was working on their behalf. Can I be honest with you? Or can we be honest with ourselves? How often we begin to move rampant and we now want to move and run and go just for the sake of running and moving and going and just for the sake of not being still because being still is so unpopular. See, because being still is associated with laziness. And we're not condoning laziness. If you're lazy in this house, there's room at the altar for you. If you're lazy in this house, maybe the message you need to hear is, we need you on the grind, we need you to work. But I'm talking to people that have had a restless soul. Number three, write this down. Sufficiency. Everybody shout sufficiency. Your soul needs to, write this down as well. I want to I read it just how I have here. Your soul needs to learn how to stop at red lights. I trust in God's sufficiency. God says, I want you to work six days of week, but I want you to stop. I want you to know in advance that on the seventh day, there's going to be a stop sign. So you can go Monday, you can go Tuesday, and, and again, please don't get into the logistics of what I'm saying. I'm not saying Mondays or a, a higher day over. We read in Romans chapter 14 that there's no day that's more sacred than the other. But what God is trying to say is that in, your, in the way you were designed, the only way you can live the abundant life that I called you to live, the only way you can live at the optimal level of what it means to be a human being is being able to build in your system of life a day of rest, a time of peace. A time where you reflect on God. And God says, I want you to work. I want you to hustle. I want you, but I want you to know that there's a stop sign coming up. And oftentimes, the struggles that we have in life, here's, here it is, ready? Is that we run red lights. It got awfully quiet in here. Can I preach? Someone say, go ahead, preacher. Say, go ahead, preacher. Say, amen. I'll preach to myself. Come on. See, oftentimes, if we were honest with one another, is that we see green lights when God is saying, that's a red light, bro. And oftentimes, we become so confused by the enemy attacks that he makes us colorblind. And we start seeing green when God is, he has a red light up ahead. And see, oftentimes when we run red lights, it's because we started by rolling through them. And God is saying, don't put a green where I put a red. See, because oftentimes the, the, the very thing that God has called you to do, the very thing that God has placed for you to go or the thing that God has called you to be comes not, not just, see, we see it as restrictions, but they're actually things that will help us in life. We see them as God is restricting us from doing certain things, and we don't know. We want to do what we want to do. How dare you restrict me, God, and say, no, this is how your soul is at, is at its best. And the reason that your soul is bent out of shape is because you're running through red lights. 
See, I, I, I truly believe that as God's people, we should walk with an advantage. Can I be honest? As God's people, we shouldn't be walking and operating so confused and we don't know. No, I see there's a stop sign there. See, I don't need to date every single human being on earth because I know who has the red light. No, no. But God told me, no, he didn't tell me nothing. But what do we do? <laughs> Let's be honest, what do we do? We put a green where God put a red. I dare you to, I dare you to post this on Facebook and confuse everybody. God puts a, don't put a, a green where God puts a red. <laughs> Have everybody jacked up. See, what are the red lights in your life? What are the things that God says, hey, hey, I want you to do this and I want you to move forward, but you're making yourself available for everything, and when you make yourself available for everything, you actually accomplish nothing. What is it that you see green lights for that God is actually saying, nah, bro, that's a stop sign. No, excuse me, that's a red light. Because the difference between you accomplishing everything that God has called you to accomplish depends on if you're stopping when God says to stop. And if you're resting when God has called you to rest. Or do you feel like you need to go? See, I don't believe I need to take every opportunity that comes my way. You know why? Because I see the green lights and I see the red lights. You know why I was able to walk away from a job that paid me $75,000? Because I saw a red light. <laughs> and when God says stop, you stop. You know, I, I, I took the court officer's exam, passed, went for training. You know why I was able to walk away from it? Not because I didn't want it. I was, I was not because I didn't want it, but because I know that God said that's a red light. I need you over here. But God, I, I, I definitely don't make more money here than I do over here. Yeah, but I need you over here. That's a red light. And your soul will be bent out of shape, even though your pockets may be full. But here, your pockets may not be that full, but your soul won't be bent out of shape. If you believe that, give God some praise in this house. Come on, if you believe that, give God some praise in this house. Let them hear you on the podcast. Hey! Says, man, I need you to identify with who I am. I need you to depend have dependency, and I need you to know that I'm sufficient, that if six days is what I've given you, then you do everything you called to do on six days, but on that seventh day, and I'm talking about the seventh day in your soul, take it and dedicate it to God. This is, this is the time that I get rest and connect, plug into my source of power, because it will show off to the world that my God is a great God. Oh, my God is so bad. Oh, my God is so good. Oh, my God is so bad that he makes onions cry. What? You want me to keep going? My God is so bad that he doesn't kill two birds with one stone. He kills two stones with one bird. My God is so bad that he hears sign language. My God, I said, my God is a good God. My God is a great God. And my life will be an example. When people look at me, I want them to ask, who is this God? Yes. 
and sufficiency. Oh, by this time, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. But by this time, the Sabbath is no longer the Sabbath. The Sabbath is no longer the Sabbath. Rodney, if you can help me out here. Catch this. If you don't catch anything from this sermon, catch this. The Sabbath is no longer the Sabbath. It's no longer what God intended for the Sabbath to be. It's no longer this gift and this blessing that God was given to this people. By this time, the, the, the religious leaders of that day and age take the Sabbath and they make 39 categories of what it means to keep the Sabbath. So God is saying, hey, take a day off. And then the people of Israel or the religious leaders of that day say, hey, we're going to have a 39-chapter book on how you can take a day off. That doesn't sound like a day off. That sounds like we, what we do. We take God's blessing and we turn it into a burden. Can I be honest? Be careful you don't take what God meant to be a blessing in your life become a curse in your life. Be careful that you don't let that job that you prayed to God for to be a blessing in your life end up becoming, oh yeah, y'all don't want me to preach, becoming a curse in your life. Be careful that that relationship that you prayed to God for. Oh, God, please. I say because I prayed that prayer. God, make her the one. God, please, I'll do anything. I'll give my life to you if you just make her love me more than I love her. Please, God. And all of a sudden, that now becomes a curse that was meant to be a blessing in your life. See, because that person, that person was meant to become the person that helps you run further, but they ended up becoming the person that slows you down because you made them a God in your life and you began to idolize them and you began to prioritize them more than God. Hey, be careful! You don't allow God's blessings to be a curse. A job, a work, a business is meant to be a blessing in your life. But it's never meant to slow you down from fulfilling what God has called you to do. Say no to the red lights. Be ready for the green lights. Because if you carry, if you can't wait on the Lord, then you'll carry the weight of the world on your back. And so now Jesus comes into the picture and he says, no. He goes, you guys got it all wrong. You guys, man was not made for the Sabbath, but Sabbath was meant to be a gift for man. Sabbath was meant, and this woman is, I don't know how she ended up the way she did, but the Bible says, hear me, that she was dealing with this illness for 18 years. You know what 18 is the number of? 18 is the number of bondage. In the Hebrew language, 18 is the number of bondage. And here's what was causing her to be bent over. All the burdens that she possessed on the inside. And maybe you're carrying the burden of finances right now. carrying the burden of sin right now on your back. Maybe just maybe, maybe 
internally you're just so angry you don't you wake up angry you go to sleep angry and you don't want to be angry and you've been struggling with this illness for years because you're taking it on your shoulders Maybe you're dealing with worry and you don't know because your soul needs rest and your soul needs peace and you're so anxious and you're so worried and you're so worked up because you, instead of waiting on God, have chosen to put the weight of the world on your shoulder. Maybe it's sickness. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's your shopping. I don't know, this looks like a shopping bag. You're like this woman who's been carrying the burdens for 18 years. And you're so used to walking around the weight. You're so used to walking and people say, I have, you have no vision. No, you have vision. The only thing is, what is it that you're looking at? Because her vision was only seeing what? Wherever her feet took her. You'll catch that on the way home. See, her vision only saw wherever her feet took her. See, she couldn't see ahead and she began to walk, walk with me, 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 walk with me. Walk with me. She's walking with baggage and baggage and all she can do is see the steps. All she can see is dirt. All she can see is the ground. All she can see is the efforts of her labor. It's no wonder that she is bent over. But catch this. Sometimes God allows you to be so bent over because it'll bring you closer to getting on your knees getting on your knees before him where now it's him lifting you up I believe God is doing this to some people in the spirit hand today. If you believe that, you should be giving God some praise because he got your finances. He got your sickness. He got your addiction. He got your anger. He got your worry. Is there anybody here in this place? Come on, Kuhau. You can get up on your feet. If you feel like God has straightened up your path today, if you feel like the weight is being lifted. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform.
Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.